Today we talk about RAD, the Radical Discipleship Academy of Appalachia from West Virginia, United Methodist Churches. It's Reverb, let's go! This is Carl, and we're back here for another episode of Reverb, the United Methodist Young People's Podcast. Today, we're talking with folks uh, out of West Virginia, and we're talking about the Radical Discipleship Academy of Appalachia. So I'm really excited to uh, hear more about this, the history, and kind of what's going on now, and how people can connect. On the line right now, we've got Jenny, Aaron, and Jeremy, folks who have been part of the leadership of this program, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on with us. Thank you. I don't know who wants to begin. Uh, Jenny, you want to give a sense of kind of what's been, uh, how, how this whole thing came about and what is the Radical Discipleship Academy? Sure. I'm actually going to punt right off the bat to Aaron. Perfect. Um, Aaron was a high school student uh, when this began to be birthed. So I think she's the one to tell that story. Thanks, Jenny. This uh, all started when I was in high school. Um, I was the conference uh Council on Youth Ministries uh, president at the time. And I was like desiring more and I wanted more. And I had a prayer partner who happened to be the director of camping and ministries at that time uh, who heard me and listened and talked with me about all of this process and about my desires and wants. And uh, out of that grew this uh, group that decided to do something more um, that allowed youth to question their faith um, and to engage their faith in their everyday life. And out of that grew Radical Discipleship Academy of Appalachia. So just to confirm, you had a big, crazy idea as a youth, and there was a staff person leader that was willing to put that thing into, help you put that thing into reality. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, correct. Erin, <laughs> uh, when, you're, when you're thinking about the connection point between that dream and that reality, what were the pieces that you really were able to provide? And what were those pieces that you really needed some help on? Um, I was able to provide kind of a voice for what people were my age were really desiring. Um, I had a lot of friends who were, we were talking about the same things. I had a lot of connections uh, to youth who were wanting the same things. Um, so I was able to provide that connection and that voice um, and that, that void that was missing in the conversation um, but I really needed help with the funding and the logistics. And I didn't know those type of things at the age of 16 or 17. Um, and so providing this group together that could discuss about logistics and even the deeper theology, which I really didn't know at that time, um, really helped to build this really unique group. Cool. And putting that all together, the process of developing this new program, did you feel like the dream, the passion was kept alive for this thing or did it ever feel bogged down in some of those details or how did that go? Um, I think the dream was always there. Uh, we did a process that was a little bit rough for everyone. I think um, <laughs> we worked on creating a group um, that was centered on God and building that formation within our group. 
Um, so we built spiritual formation and that was the basis of every meeting that we did. We took time and were intentional about praying for one another, walking through life together. Um, I even as a high schooler read Bonhoeffer's life together, um, which was kind of, kind of amazing looking back. I was, I'm kind of surprised that I was able to digest that. Um, but just doing that intentional process was hard because it felt like we weren't doing a lot at times, but really that's what created, uh, the catalyst that created Radical Discipleship Academy. Neat. So, uh, Radical Discipleship Academy, who can tell us a little bit more about what that has developed into now? Sure. I think I can talk about that. Um, so we're a year-long process of spiritual formation. Um, the language that Aaron was using very much describes what we do. Um, we want to have youth who want to dig deeper in their faith. Um, we found we did a lot of research through that process that Aaron's talking about and found that we had youth that really wanted their faith to mean something in their day-to-day life. And they also really wanted to connect with other youth that felt the, <clears throat> other youth that felt the same way. Um, we feel like we've been achieving that. Um, we've had students go through the process each year who um, are thrilled to be with other students who want to be there. <laughs> like everyone in a covenant group wants to be there and wants to be pursuing, you know, questions of faith. And so, um, so we have this year-long process where we start with a week at our United Methodist summer camp in West Virginia. Um, we bring in a guest theologian. We have some um, theological formation each day. We do a lot of fun camp stuff, campfires and recreational activities, um, but kind of the, the centerpieces of the program during the week um, are this guest theologian who comes in, um, worship. We start each day with Eucharist. Um, we have an arts component where students can be reflective on scripture while making a piece of art individually and in some cases together. Um, we have shared meals, um, and covenant groups. Um, covenant groups really are the part that extends into the school year uh, and into the subsequent 11 months. So the covenant group is led by two mentors. Uh, ideally, we have one who's male and one who's female and one who's clergy and one who's lay um, in an ideal world. And uh, they mentor groups throughout the year um, who continue to keep in touch uh, mainly digitally and not so much to talk about the content from the week, although a little bit of that happens, but more um, really to be in their lives together and uh, connect in a faith-based way with each other. Um, so I think that that's a part of this process that the students really enjoy and takes the pressure off the week at camp for being um, an emotional mountaintop experience. Uh, but really, they know that this is something that's going to be sustained throughout the year. Um, I, I think the students really like that. That's great. So a week of camp where everybody's having campfires and swimming and then reading Bonhoeffer all night. Uh, it sounds like a, a theologically and academically in-depth experience, but that also rests heavily on relationships that will continue throughout the year. Um, how do those relationships in the covenant groups from the academy interface with the relationships at a local church or at a local youth ministry? Sure. I think I'm going to punt that to Jeremy. Jeremy Daniels uh, has served as a mentor for a couple of years uh, for a covenant group, so he's got a more on-the-ground feel for that. Great. Sure, sure. Thanks for uh, for punting that to me, Jenny. Um, 
being one of the mentors that walks alongside of these kids, uh, it's been fantastic just to see um, not only at the week of camp where the kids, um, if they don't know each other, begin to know each other uh, and really, you know, see them develop this relationship uh, that extends uh, the hands of, of Jesus that reach out to these kids when there's times of struggle that we've seen um, throughout camp and throughout the year when, you know, there's situations in these kids' lives that they need to reach out to somebody and maybe their peer group that they have back home isn't, uh, always there for them, but they know that no matter what time of day, <laughs> no matter what time of day they can, uh, you know, send that digital message out to all of us and, and we're there for them and, and we're there to help facilitate that and, and, uh, encourage them. And just to kind of see it actually happen all naturally, uh, has been amazing that these kids have a, a new support system, uh, a new support group, a new, uh, uh, friends and family for life that, that, that they'll have throughout the years uh, where just a, an intense week at camp can bring together such close uh, relationships. And, and to watch that throughout the next uh, 11 months has been great uh, to be a part of that. These kids really, really want to be there, want to learn more about God and grow closer to God. And that is then shown, not, you know, they don't stop once they leave camp. It's a definitely a continued process and it's amazing to watch and be a part of. Sounds like there are some components. Jeremy, can you tell? Sorry, go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. Yeah. Jeremy, can you tell a story about um, Alyssa and Maddie and Russia? That was in your group, right? Uh, yeah, Maddie uh, went to uh, Russia. I think that might was that after the first year when my wife yeah, was after the first year. Yeah, that was the first year. My wife was a was actually the uh, clergy representative uh, for her group. Uh, the first year and got to experience this. And then I came in the second year and the third year to help out. Uh, but, you know, we've seen uh, a lot of these kids that will continue and go on and do these uh, trips. Um, I'm sure you guys have more information about that. Uh, Aaron, with your, with your sister being one of them that has gone on one of these trips, a uh, mission to peace and things like that. Um, these kids are very involved in, in things throughout the, the conference um, and are very active in, in their ministries. The story I was thinking of about the relationships and covenant groups was uh, we had two uh, students, two female students that were in the same covenant group together. And one of them uh, had been born in Russia, but adopted by American parents uh, and grow, has grown up in West Virginia. Um, in her covenant group, there was another student who was going to be traveling to Russia, uh, I think with a school group. And while... Yes chokes me up while she was there. Um, she went to her friend's hometown that her friend was born in and took pictures and, um, showed her a town that she had not grown up in, but had been born in. And it was just a really beautiful story of relationship. Wow. It sounds like, um, this is a, an academy that isn't just pre, pre, pre seminary. Um, this sounds like, uh, something that's really stitching together, young Christians in your area for just lives of discipleship for wherever they find that calling them. Is that fair? Yeah. Aaron, can you speak to that? Yeah, I would say that was the intention of behind this whole thing was not to create a way for a path to seminary for young leaders. Um, but, or for any young Christian, it was just to create an outlet to allow people to connect 
um, to build a life of discipleship that can follow them wherever they go. And I personally have been connected to the person that I co uh, was on the co-development team with um, since the day we started this process. And he and I meet at least once or twice a year for dinner, and we still walk that walk of faith together. Um, so this is a very deep process um, of friendship, relationship, and how that goes into your life of just your everyday life of being a Christian. So there's the camp, and then there are covenant groups. And what is in store for the near future for the academy? Um, is it another camp? Is it more covenant groups? What's uh, What are the next steps? So this year will be our fourth year of the academy. And um, the pattern stays the same where the students come for the week of camp and then our, um, the covenant group that they're in in camp uh, lasts throughout the subsequent 11 months. Um, we've explored sacramental theology the last three years. And this year we're going to be uh, doing a, a two pronged um, exploration of what it means to listen to God. So this year we're going to spend a good bit of time learning about contemplative spiritual disciplines and practicing those. And then we actually have a chance to have an immersion experience um, with a Catholic worker house that is near the camp uh, where people have chosen to, uh, to live, taken a voluntary vow of poverty. Um, and we're going to go kind of engage in Appalachian issue, issues there. Um, our, our prayer of confession and our communion liturgy in the United Methodist Church has us confess when we haven't heard the cry of the needy. And so we want to go to a place where we can help the students uh, hear that cry and hear God in that cry and know how to be the hands and feet of Christ in response. Wow. Um, it sounds like maybe a, a free trip over to Taze might be in order too. Maybe in the, uh, maybe Aaron <laughs> can lead that. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, we are a podcast that talks that whose audience is kind of youth groups, youth leaders, pastors, people interested in young people's ministries all around the United States and beyond. I think that there sometimes is a uh, a certain assumption about what kind of ministry you do when you go to Appalachia, um, and uh, it sounds like this is something that doesn't necessarily fit with that. I mean, we're you know we're thinking service projects. And uh, you know, swinging hammers um, and campfires and things. Um, what uh, what else does the academy kind of lift up from your area that people might not assume um, happens in West Virginia with young people? I'll start, um, but then the natives probably should say something <laughs> um, since I'm not from West Virginia. But um, one of the things I think that folks from outside Appalachia don't think about Appalachia is that there are um, folks who are um, interested in delving into questions that are academic um, or deeply thoughtful. And so we have a group of young people that's very, that's just craving that, which is wonderful. Mm. Um, I also think what makes this ministry Appalachian is the way we do it. Um, so we're connected to nature for the week at camp and, um, our, our trees and our water and our mountains are very important to us, um, in this state. Uh, but we also do things on a small scale and I think relationships are incredibly important everywhere, but 
in Appalachia that has a certain flavor, um, particularly the capacity for intergenerational relationships, which we see um, between the students and then the adults who are staff of our academy and, and lead various areas of the academy. Um, so I think it's it's not just who the students are, but how we are in ministry together. Jeremy or Aaron, do you guys have any other observations? Uh, I have one observation is, you know, speaking about, um, you know, keeping it very uh, local. Uh, this, this, the third year of the Academy was a new change to it was having the, uh, a chef from, from Jenny's church who came and uh, was, you know, able to bring locally sourced uh, foods and, and teach the kids uh, throughout the week. And some of us adults, uh, how to prepare food and uh, to, to uh, use what's, what's locally available. And I mean, it was just a, a wonderful learning experience uh, that I think, and, and again, on a small scale, like, like Jenny said, is, is, you know, speaks to how we in, in this area uh, do things. And, and it's not over the top. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're, we like to uh, do things that are um, regional. We like to do things that are uh, what we do here at home. Um, and that, that speaks well of the Academy of keeping things very, very West Virginia like, (laughs) so to speak. So that, that's what I would, that's what I would kind of point out, uh, uh, to speak on that. And also the, 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 um, age gap, so to speak, and, and to keep things, you know, it's not all just young people. It's, it takes all of us, uh, to help work with these kids and for these kids to see that it's not just the college age kids that want to hang out with them, but you know, those in their thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties and and above that want to be there to help their spiritual growth. It's just amazing to see our conference, uh, be able to help support that and to show the kids that, Hey, all of us care. I lift up exactly what they said is that we do a really good job about talking about community, which is a very big strength um, of Appalachia uh, that has gone to our roots. Um, Speaking of issues, they've already mentioned that we talk about how creation is so much a part of who we are as people who have lived in these mountains and by these gorgeous, gorgeous views. And uh, last year we learned how to do farming which, I mean, people, I grew up in this, a city life um, in West Virginia, so I don't do a lot of farming, but I learned um, that that is an issue and that is something that we need to do and teach each other. And you can learn a lot about God through taking care of creation and growing your own food um, and how precious that can be. Um, so I think in that way, we do a good job of talking about the positives and not necessarily the negatives of Appalachia, which is what it's supposed to do, create hope. Um, That in a place that people like to say there's a lot of isolation, there's a lot of things that are happening that are tough to deal with, such as drug drug epidemics, that there is hope and there is community. And that's Mm -hmm. something that we need to tag into and try to help grow in our own areas. Well, yeah, and the Academy sounds like uh, not just people receiving good thoughts and good conversations theologically, although that is what it is, but it sounds like this is is an engine generating the kinds of covenant groups and bands and classes that are historic to the Wesleyan movement anyways. And, uh, gosh, what a great, uh, what a great offering, um, you know, to give to the church. Really appreciate that. What are some ways that people can find out more information or support the Academy? Um, if they would like to do that. Well, they can go to our website, uh, which is hosted by our United Methodist camp in West Virginia. So if you Google radical discipleship, and Spring Heights, that'll take you to the page. Um, 
encourage folks not just to read the text that's on the page, but also look at some of the information they can download. And there's a video there uh, where students from our first year of our academy spoke before annual conference. Um, so that's that's a way that they can get involved. Great. Thanks, everybody, for sharing a little bit about kind of the structure. We're going to take a chance to talk to some of the participants uh, in the academy as well, and uh, people will hear about that uh, in just a second. Thank you, Carl. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Um, we got a couple of minutes. Is there anything you you'd want to say, and we can uh, plug it in somewhere? I can I do a little editing on it so we can make it sound all right. Anything we missed? I had a couple of things um, yeah. that I wanted to say. One is that we've just had tremendous support from our bishop. Um, she's been in our annual conference since the inception of this, and. Um, our very first meeting when it started to gain some ground was after a covenant council meeting um, at, I think, 11 o'clock at night where she <laughs> sat around with us and our conference communications director and um, all of us, Aaron and a number of other folks um, that were interested in sort of dreaming together about this. And she's been a tremendous support and is a person who um, wants to discover youth leadership, but also trusts that young people already are leaders and so she's included them in a lot of places uh, in the life of the annual conference on committees and such um, in a way that takes them seriously, which is really precious. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's great to be in the West Virginia annual conference. <laughs> it's just a good <laughs> conference with a lot of support. Um, a lot of our students um, have been elected at, in the lay delegations for jurisdictional and general conference. And um, so we do have just support in general um, from the members of the annual conference. That's great. One other thing I just want to talk about was the um, experiential learning component. Uh, oh, yeah. So I was so glad to hear you talk about farming, Aaron, because we mm -hmm. had brought in as a guest theologian, uh, someone who had been an agricultural missionary in South Sudan. Uh, she was the one who helped us explore Eucharist last year. And as part of what we did, we built, um, we made a pumpkin patch at the camp and without using any um, powered uh, farming equipment or tools, it was all hand dug and uh, without using any um, fertilizer that wasn't something you could just find naturally and uh, we terraced it and built these you know these rows of pumpkins it was great everybody got to participate all week and uh, then the camp was able to use those for their fall festival later that year nice. uh, once they'd come to maturity so we like to do a lot of hands-on stuff thanks again i really it's really exciting to see this happen Nate, thank you for having us yeah no yes problem. thank you Well, we are we are back here, and uh, now we've got Lauren and Brooke Ann on the phone, and um, they are going to give us a, a little bit of a sense of what it's like to be a, a recent participant in uh, the Radical Discipleship Academy of Appalachia. So, Brooke Ann and Lauren, welcome. Um, as Thank by you. way of introduction, could each of you give us a sense of how did you get connected with the academy? How did you hear about it? Who invited you? You know. Was it a crazy thing out of the blue that you found on the internet? Um, Brooke Ann, you want to get us started on that? Sure. 
So um, my pastor at the time, uh, he was actually just uh, about to leave. To, uh, he was appointed to another position. Um, he is one of the mentors and the counselors for the Covenant Group for um, the first year. And he had told me about it and he thought that I would be a good fit. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I trust him. I trusted his judgment. Um, I kind of went in going blind. I knew no one else except for him and one of the other mentors. Um, and I just, I mean, I went in and I was blind and I knew no one, but uh, uh, I just instantly just like felt, uh, felt like I was friends with everyone who, because um, there were some of them that already knew each other, but I eventually just fell right in with everyone else. Nice. The community really was just kind of, you fit right into it. Lauren, how did you how did you hear about the academy? What what were the beginnings of that for you? Well, my mom is actually the uh, director of evangelism and congregational development here in West Virginia, and she was on the team kind of for the beginnings of radical discipleship. Because um, I went the first year in 2014, they were the first year they ever had it, and she was telling me about it and how cool it was. And Aaron and I have been really close all our lives, and Aaron was telling me all about it and. How much cool how cool it was gonna be, and this is really bad to admit, but at first I was like, I don't I was like, I'm not gonna go just because everyone's gonna expect me to go because of my mom. <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna be rebellious and not go. Well, I'm also really close with Heather Withrow, who is the director of Camping and Outdoor Ministries. And um, and she called me one day and she was like, What are you doing? Why are you not going to this? Like you've been so like uh, selected as one of the youth that should go to this. So then I was like, All right, I'll give it a try. So that's kind of how I got into it. I didn't want to at first, but I'm really glad that I did. <laughs> Some reluctant <laughs> beginnings. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> As a double PK, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so you arrive at camp is the first kind of the beginning, right? It's the first thing that you do when you're a part of the academy. Um, and then yep. there's covenant groups that follow. Over the course of the year, um, what, what was the thing that really stood out for each of you? in terms of the, the, the moment that really popped, that you went, whoa, this is amazing, um, that stands out for you when you think about your experience in the academy. Lauren, you want to take that one first? Sure. Uh, Brooke Ann and I were actually in the same covenant group the first year. Um, that was really cool for us because I actually didn't know Brooke Ann very well. And so we got to know each other a lot better, and I appreciate that. But um, so I'm heavily involved in band at my school and I had auditioned for the Allstate band that year and I had been selected as first chair on my instrument. And as soon as my band director told me that news, I messaged my covenant group first thing before I told anybody else. <laughs> and as I was sending that message, I was like, I haven't even told my parents this, like what? But then I realized I had created such close bonds with all of them and we had just been able to be so authentic with each other that they were the first people in my mind to tell. Nice. Uh, I was hearing a lot of that when we were talking to the folks that were kind of helping design and Aaron was there and that there's this component of connection that's just essential mm -hmm. to this academy. It sounds like that's coming to life yeah. for you. Brooke Ann, what, yeah. what stands out in your mind when you think about the experience overall? Yeah, so um, mine was actually during the camp itself. Um, I had gone to Spring Heights just for regular church camp you know, just the typical summer camp, uh, stuff like that. And it had been fun and stuff, but, um, you know, just radical discipleship was so much different. And as I left, um, and as I was leaving, like I had never really been like that leaving was like a lot harder. 
um, at radical discipleship than it had ever been for another camp. Um, and I just realized then how different this was than just regular camps and how how close I could manage to get with some people that I've only known for seven days um, and how crazy it seemed to me that I, I was super upset that I wouldn't be hanging out with them all the time um, <laughs> and just how close we could possibly get. And um, at like normal camps and stuff, you'll find like one or two people that you like um, and you'll usually stick with them. But with Rad, we just all seem to just be this one group and we all, um, no matter if we were in the same covenant, covenant group or not but it was um we just all seem to just be together and want to be together and just be this one unified body of people who just really enjoyed being with one another and really just enjoyed worshiping god yeah uh did you guys get a sense that this was a a ministry offering that was dreamed up by young people i mean did that did it feel like it was different because of that or it was just a bunch of good people doing some really good stuff what do you think Uh, kind of seemed like both I mean I like I knew Aaron and my mom had been telling me about the process of it but the the functionality of the week and how everything seemed to go it seemed as though people our age more our age had planned it because it just seemed more of what we wanted and what we were trying to get out of a week and trying to go deeper into our theology and our faith and what we wanted to learn Mm -hmm. that came through the agenda or the topics or whatever it was um I'd say a lot of it was the material that we studied and how we studied it and how everyone approached the things that we studied yeah Brookane were there were there moments that you thought oh this was planned by somebody like me yeah I thought um the way that a lot of the camp was structured had I felt like had uh, youth in mind um just in some of the ways where we never really got bored. Um, you know, during some of our lessons and stuff where normally, you know, everyone gets a little bored, but um, just the way that the lessons were ran and the layout of them, um, I feel like it just kept us all engaged and really, uh, they were looked at through the minds of, uh, of youth, I think. Sure. Well, we're really excited for very formational experiences all across the United Methodist Church. That's one of the reasons why we do this podcast is to hear more about them. But the other piece that we're really interested in is, you know, so what? How is your life different going forward beyond the time when you're at camp, maybe even beyond the time when you're regularly getting together with this covenant group? How is your life going to continue to be different because of Radical Deception Academy? What do you think? Bergan, you want to take that? Sure. So um, my, I feel like my life um, and who I am as a Christian has definitely changed a lot. Um, the experiences and just everything that I've been able to do since then, I feel like that uh, radical discipleship was the starting point of it all. Um, For instance, in the camp, I met um, a lot of youth that were really involved, uh, such as Lauren um, with CCYM, which is our Covenant Council of Youth Ministries. Um, So uh, CCYM, they're the ones that, uh, that, like, they plan our camps and stuff, our our summer camps and our fall event. and it's stuff that's created for youth by youth. Um, and through that, uh, through meeting those people, I got really interested because they seemed like a cool group of people. They seemed to be planning things that I wanted to be planning. Um, and through meeting that, I joined CCYM uh, and I've been on CCYM for about a year and a half now. Um, 
And through that, I've actually been able uh, to get the position of uh, co-chair, co-vice chair. Um, so that's been amazing. And I've had so many, many experiences and I've heard of so many different camps. Um, and I'm also involved in some jurisdictional um, appointments as well. I, um, with our Northeast Jurisdictional Conference, uh, we had a youth convention uh, last summer. Um, and there had been kind of a falling out uh, with the youth and uh, for our jurisdiction, but um, we tried to revamp it. Um, so I got to go to that meeting and that was, um, that was really awesome. And over uh, earlier this year, we had another meeting and I was actually um, starting in August, I will be the vice chair of that. Nice, because led you in the direction of some connectional leadership, even right now as a young person and and how that uh, affects the church into the future. That's awesome. Absolutely. Lauren, how about you? What are are those, what's the takeaway? What's, what's, how is your life different because of being a part of Radical Discipleship Academy? Um, I think I see things from a completely different perspective now. And I think I look at things as just from a whole new way. And Jenny mentioned something earlier. I uh, was accepted to the Youth Theological Initiative, which is um, a three-week initiative camp academy, however, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's on Emory University's campus, Candler Theological Center down in um, Atlanta, Georgia. And I actually heard about it because that's my mom's alma mater. <laughs> and when she was describing it to me, she was like, well, the only way I can describe it is it's like rad, but on a bigger scale. And so immediately I was like, oh man, that's really cool because it was, it was three weeks and there were kids from all over the world were there. I had three girls from the Bahamas were there and one man from Palestine was there with us. And um, it was like rad, but three weeks longer and in a huge city that I was not used to and on a college campus. And, um, and I got a lot from that all from it being described as just one big rad. (laughs) <laughs> Which you didn't want to go to at the beginning anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I love it when Jesus messes with your life. I love that. <laughs> well, thanks so much for sharing about your experience in Rad and um, all of the things that that has borne fruit in your life. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Let our voices ring, let our voices ring, and let our voices ring. Young People's Ministries is a division of Discipleship Ministries of the United Methodist Church. Check out more at umcyoungpeople.org. And special thanks to Aaron Hale for this song, I Am Because We Are. You can check out more from him at aaronhale.bandcamp.com.